Hello, and welcome to another Meta Media Group production of On Purpose Magazine, featuring interesting, inspiring, educational, and entertaining stories, discussions, and interviews of purpose, with purpose, on purpose. Hello, everybody. This is J.W. Nigerian with On Purpose Magazine, and this is the uh, special edition of our uh, business network. And today we're here with Arthur F. Rothberg. How are you doing today, Arthur? Just fine. Thank you. And yourself? Oh, wonderful. It's a beautiful Southern California day. You're in Pasadena. Is that right? That's correct. And I'm, in, I'm your neighbor right down the street. Uh, I'm, I'm not too far. I'm in the, uh, was it, uh, Locker Center, Flint Ridge area up there? Sure. So we're neighbors? Yes, we're anyway, Arthur F. Rothberg is... Um, with C, he's the, uh, I guess you're the executive director or the CEO of, uh, CFO Edge, is that correct? That is correct. I usually call myself the managing director, but I'll end right. all the titles. So, Arthur F. Rosberg is the managing director of CFO Edge, a Los Angeles based provider of CFO services that helps CEOs and CFOs solve financial problems and create and grow and sustain value. He has over 35 years of experience as a financial executive with ex- expertise in strategic planning, business management, and day-to-day financial operations. You're a CPA and attorney and well-versed in all aspects of accounting, auditing, financial management uh, for the middle um, market, public, and private companies. Uh, you have a zillion specialties here, and we're going to go through a, a bunch of them, mainly uh, strategic financial planning, mergers, acquisitions, IPO preparation, divestitures, and um, all kinds of great stuff. And I have you on today because um, not only to talk about, because uh, we haven't talked to anybody before that has uh, these kind of uh, services where you can step in and help uh, um, companies with their uh, CFO and uh, CPA issues, but um, but also to kind of help business out in kind of talking around some of the issues that uh, businesses face today. So very happy happy to have you on. Um, let me tell some people about your company a little bit, CFO Edge, because uh, I mentioned it, uh, leading Southern California provider of outsourced CFO services, uh, outsourced CFO um, we're talking about. Based in Los Angeles, it's a group of experienced chief financial officers who engage with CEOs and CFOs on a demand uh, on demand to address strategic planning, business management, and day-to-day financial operation challenges. Uh, the firm seasoned professionals deliver services as interim CFOs, part-time CFOs, project-based CFOs, recruitment to permanent CFOs, and interim to permanent CFOs. CFO edges. Uh, passionate about helping its clients create, grow, and uh, sustain value. From, um, and uh, we'll get into uh, who to call and, and when, where to contact you in a minute here. But, you know, as we've been talking, because we were talking before the call, Arthur, um, you are, you guys are very, <laughs> you're very passionate about what you do. Is that correct? Yes. We enjoy what we do and um I think we bring that passion to every assignment that we undertake. Yeah, we've got to talk about a couple, and I want to bring them up because I think they're important. One of the things I asked you, uh, I know you're a Southern, California, uh, Southern California-based uh, company, and you work with companies from San Diego all through Los Angeles up to Santa Barbara, um, but you also work nationally, uh, especially if these, the companies in those areas have uh, concerns nationally. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, again, our presence is in Southern California, but many of our clients will have operations outside of the state and will travel 
to those locations and perform our services there. Right. And, I, and when that, and we talk about, you know, outsourcing is a, is a big deal nowadays because, and, and I used to work for outsourcing IT. Um, and I, I, I really like outsourcing because companies can really get some major, major experience and some powerhouse, some real resource on their side for, uh, for not too much money. I mean, we're talking about, uh, you know, instead of hiring some person uh, at a couple hundred thousand a year, and then you put it, you're putting them on projects and they're working full time, and all of a sudden you have all these problems and issues come up in the company, um, you know, not because of them, but, you know, because business is business and life is life. Issues come up and they've got to put on hats they may not be used to. Um, so it's, it's, it's great to be able to pull resources, um, and sometimes even full resources. Your CFO, you can, I mean, you have companies, I'm sure you work with companies that have CFOs on board already and CPAs on board already where they can't always do, uh, everything that's needed to be done and need to pull in some extra help and resource. And sometimes you have, uh, CFOs that actually, they're, they, they are your CFOs, but they work with the company on a full-time or part-time basis to help them with these things. Is that correct? That is. Yes. You know, CFOs today have a lot of demands put on them, and uh, they just that periodically get you know, stretched thin as does their staff, and that's when it makes sense to bring in someone like us to get them through this particular project or crisis. So. Let me ask you, because uh, you work with so many different companies um, in financial um, op operations, uh, strategy consulting, business management, can you kind of uh, focus in on some of the maybe the three top problems that you see companies um, having that they where they might need extra resources and where you and, and where these extra resources might help? Sure. One area we see often is lack of quality and, and timely financial information. It's really important that a company receive information that's not only timely and, and correct, but is actionable. So it's presented in a manner that management can understand and act upon and come up with a strategy or tactics to how to solve a problem. Mm -hmm. um, you know, let me give you an example. <coughs> you know, we can't go almost a day without reading in a business uh, journal or magazine or newspaper about uh, how increasingly important data is. And um, many companies are generating a lot of data, but they're so overwhelmed by it that they can't see the forest or the trees. Right. And so it's really important to identify um, what is critical to the success of that business and how do we monitor and measure those items. Yeah, well, they always, it's often said that if you can't, uh, if you can't measure it, you can't, uh, you can't uh, manage it, right? That's correct. And that was a, a drucker. Yeah. And, uh, and so we... Uh we will often come in and help in those situations uh, to develop mm -hmm. critical success factors, uh, define key performance indicators, and, um, you know, build dashboards so that executives can concentrate on what's important and what they have to put their attention to. You know, I often tell business people, 
Um, I like to use a traffic light analogy. If something comes up green, well, it means it's within parameters. It's going the way it expected it to go, and uh, it's clear sailing and just keep on moving. You don't have to spend much time on it. Right. However, if it's red, you better jump on it. And so yeah, what the problem is, and fix it, or it's only going to get worse. And, and the yellows uh, will become reds if you don't give them some attention. Right. But if all you're given is a, a page of uh, dense financial information, it's hard to really pull out what's important. And that's why it has to be, uh, you know, stratified into different categories so you can look at it and make, uh, you know, Let me ask you something, Arthur. Um, businesses, um, you know, we, I've owned businesses. I talk to a lot of business owners. And, I, you know, I understand that we have issues that come up um, all, you know, all the time in our businesses and things that we need to do, um, whether it be audit preparation, you know, your chart of accounts, your foreign operations, internal control. I mean, there's so many things that come up all the time. But a lot of us have that tendency to procrastinate or uh, not want to not want to jump on things until they become issues. And that's, of course, where you guys shine because you come in when, when things <clears throat> become the red light, as you call it. Yeah. Um, we usually... We usually don't jump on things when they're yellow light like we should. Um, but you, I, I would guess if, if, a, if a business really wants to stay ahead of its competition and really wants to be able to uh, have growth and move on, that they need to start looking at stuff well in advance. Um, and could you tell me what some of those things might be? And, and am I on the right uh, track? Is it is it good to call in somebody like you and make sure that you uh, can get the resources in advance when you need them? And what the, and maybe sit down with you guys and find out what those areas might be. Yes, and you sort of hit the point right on the head. Um, we are often called in a, in a crisis situation. Um, some of us biggest referral sources are accounting firms who are trying to order the client. That's just not ready for it yet. Right. And so we'll come in and do what's called order preparation work. And as part of that, uncover a lot of opportunities to improve upon uh, the operations of the business. And, you know, there are certain things that all businesses should be looking at. Um, you know, day sales outstanding. How long has it taken to collect receivables? Um, number of days of inventory turns, how quickly you're returning inventory. And right. you all have to work with someone who understands the industry because um, in the, the high-end jewelry industry, two turns a year is fantastic. Um, but in the uh, our produce industry, you practically want, you know, more than 52 turns a year because those bananas, right. you know, turn right pretty quickly. Yeah, exactly. And, and so you have to understand, you know, the environment in which you're looking at and um, try to make sure that the company is, uh, you know, acting um, within the same parameters as the peers, at least it's, it's successful peers that you should be benchmarking against. So that's an area we will come in and help our clients. Oh, that's great. Um, I also understand from your website. Uh, what, what's your website? It's um, is it CFOEdge.com? Yeah, it is. 
Okay, so at your website, tfoedge.com, I noticed a lot of the stuff you were talking about with uh, was with wholesalers and manufacturers. And these are areas, you know, I mean, when people talk about, okay, bringing in a CFO, well, how, can, how is this CFO going to understand my business? Um, and, and you just kind of went over a little bit when you're working with this company versus that company, um, the, 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 the differences. You have a staff there, uh, very um, uh, educated and, and, a, and a staff with, you know, some background that, can, that has done, uh, I'm guessing, a, a lot of different businesses. And, you know, manufacturing, that's a, you know, work in process, all that stuff. That's a, that's a tough one. Budgeting is a lot different there than other businesses. Um, can you talk to that a little bit? Sure. You know, uh, Southern California is uh, dominated by uh, small manufacturers, wholesalers, and distributors. And mm-hmm. so, you know, because that's the marketplace, that's where we tend to uh, operate. Yet we will work with uh, people in the uh, financial services industry, uh, particularly uh, investment uh, counselors and firms or hedge funds. Okay. Uh, you know, that being said, we find that uh, it's extremely important that we've made a significant investment in research material. Because let's face it, you can't know everything at all times. Right. And and just like a good attorney or a good CPA, um, you have to know how to dig into something, re- research something, um, draft a position paper, you know, and understand how things are changing. And so... In addition to having good, strong people, they have to be backed up by investments in resources, and those resources right. are particularly library and the today's software. Oh, yeah, that's got to be a tough one. Oh, it is, but, um, you know, again, every major law firm has a huge investment in their library. You know, they mm-hmm. have to look up case law. They have to look up... Uh, What's, what we call shepherdizing, as uh, cases move through the legal system, um, whether they're turned up, overturned on appeal or affirmed, you want to use that as precedence. You want to be able to get guidance from it. Same thing in, in accounting and finance. You have to know the rules, and you have to know how the rules are being applied. And, and right. to, to say that everyone has all the expertise you need all the time um, is a tough claim to make unless you have the resources to you know, dig in and do the research and find the answer. Hmm. And so we think, you know, that's important to our operation. And, and that's how we do things as a professional services firm and use that platform as opposed to a staffing model where we just send the CFO out and the CFO is not supported with uh, resources to support his mission, you know, specialized software, specialized research material, a databases to research comparables. Right. You guys also help with compliance issues? Uh, we, you know, we certainly do. Uh, <laughs> and, and compliance uh, only gets harder. <laughs> but, Does, and, and, you know, are, are a lot of the compliance, like SOX, are they really getting more, more teeth? And we talk about teeth in the industry about, you know, uh, do we really they need are. to worry about all these things? Yeah, they are. And we're seeing more and more um, clients have a need to prepare 
not only financial statements that are ordered by outside independent accountants, but also to have uh, an opinion of their operations. It used to be referred to as SAS 70 reports. Uh, mm-hmm. Then they, the name changed to SSAE 16, and now they're called the SOC 1 and 2 for statement of controls. And um, that's not financial in nature, it's operational in nature. And uh, and that's where, you know, you need experienced people to help put together, you know, policy procedures, controls, to, you know, d- design them, implement them, monitor them, and make sure that they work. So, you know, hope that's answered your question. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I touched on it before, but I don't know if you answered me. You know, um, one of the things that I really like about outsourcing for when I, when I talk to companies about outsourcing, one of the things I mentioned is the cost going in is a lot less a, a lot of times than hiring a, a full staff. Do you agree with that? Is that always true, or is, uh, you know, is it only true in certain, certain instances, or how does that work? No, I, I think it is a truism. What we find is that... Uh, Sometimes our, our cost is, um, you know, has a steep curve. So in the early stages of an engagement, particularly a project engagement, um, there may be what looks like significant cost because we have to get to a steady state. Right. But once that steady state is established, then it's uh, much less expensive to use an outside resource. Mm-hmm. So Can you often tell the client where steady state is going to hit them so there's no surprises? That's correct. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, if if they look at you know they're paying you an hourly rate for forty hours, that they multiply that for uh, you know, had they paid that to, as a salary, mm-hmm. so it can be a big number. Right. But uh, we look upon the key as the success is uh, is empowerment to empower our clients and to make sure that they're getting the best utilization out of the investment they've made in software. You know, right. So nobody's doing books manually these days. You know, everyone's using some software program, whether it be something like uh, you know, QuickBooks on the low end, uh, to uh, you know, Great Plains or, or even Oracle on the high end. Mm-hmm. But we often find that they're not using all the inherent capabilities of that software, and they're still doing things manually um, that they should be getting out of their investment software, but it takes someone to sit down, configure the system, um, you know, tailor to its needs, generate the reports, and uh, and then move on. Well, you know, this is a – I'm glad you touched on this because this is um, – you know, I, I worked in IT for companies and a lot of it in manufacturing and did a books for – you know, help set up books for – you know, actually, I hired staff to set up books for many companies. And one of the things I found out is that a lot of companies going into things, they, they purchase software, and they start putting, you know, nothing works unless you put put in, put something in. But what they do is they want to save some money, so they set up their own uh, GL, and they uh, start putting stuff in. And then when it comes time to uh, get all the reports out and do everything, they end up spending a lot of money on the CPA or CFP. Uh, you know, financial services to get the correct reports and everything out of this thing because it's a mess. That's so right. I, I've always told them, yeah, I've always, you know, taught that what you need to do is you need to have these people come in 
beforehand and start the prep and get the GL and everything and all the reports going in advance so that all you do is at the end you push the button and you do your month end or your year end. It all comes out nice and ready and, and set to go. Uh, and you don't have to spend these enormous fees and try to figure out what the heck you've got. Does that make sense? Yeah, JW, you make an excellent point. Uh, it, let me try to illustrate by example if I can. Sure. Um, you know, we've been called in where we see companies um, manually uh, preparing cash flow estimates and projections, yet find that the software has a module that has it built in. And mm-hmm. even the you know lower end products such as the QuickBooks, which comes in three different um, configurations: uh, the Pro, Premier, and Enterprise. Pro at the low end, and Enterprise at the upper end. Well, both the Premier and Enterprise versions have the capability to do some cash flow projections and uh, and budgeting and match the budget. Mm-hmm. Yet we'll often go in and see people you know doing all that in Excel. Right. Oh, no. Here we go. Yeah. And, and you know, Excel is a uh, great uh, product, but we all hear about those oops when there's a, you know, a formula got corrupted. And, uh, and no audit trail. And no audit trail. And, uh, and, you know, many people who use Excel, one, don't know how to use the audit tools that are built into it. Right. Uh, but more importantly, uh, in, you know, just a one little uh, misplaced minus sign in the formula, and things could be all off. <laughs> it's funny because you mentioned earlier when we were talking earlier today about the difference between a CFO, a CPO, and a controller. And I always had problems. And nothing, you know, any controllers listening to this, I apologize. But in the when, in in the early days, you know, um, the controller was also the IT guy because he was the only guy who knew how to run uh, Lotus or uh, right. <laughs> you know, and he, but it was it was a it was a big mess uh, because they were trying in the old days they tried to do everything uh, on spreadsheets and it was heck moving them over to uh, it was it was rough moving them over to a software platform. But I know that some people still to this day hang on to those spreadsheets uh, and they're all proprietary and they make no sense to anybody else but them. Um, and I guess that helps you save your job, but it really doesn't help the company. And if you're uh, I tell companies all the time, try to pull away from those things if you can because um, when you get rid of somebody and nobody else knows how to use their proprietary spreadsheets, it can be hell. That's right. Yeah, and you know, you'll still see a lot of people doing financial modeling in, mm-hmm. in Excel, and it is an excellent program, but it can lead to problems. And there is some excellent dedicated modeling software available. Right. And, uh, you know, for instance, you know, that's what we use, dedicated software. It doesn't mean that we, we won't do some phase of the model in Excel, mm-hmm. particularly the revenue portion, but then feed that into the model. And right. it just allows the quality of the product to be, you know, much higher. Yeah, and, and, and I didn't want to dispel any of those kind of, uh, those kind of modeling um, softwares. There's some great ones out there. I'm... I just uh, sometimes you see that the um, sometimes people get into a company and they start doing everything on spreadsheet like you were talking about, and it's nobody's ever done it before. It's not something you bought or anything. It's what they set up in the office, and those are the ones that really cause issue because nobody else knows where the formulas are and how they derived them and how they work. And 
Yeah. And if you get too much on them, you're if, you, correct. if you're relying on them too much for your reports, you're in trouble. Yeah, yes, you are. I mean, it, you know, sometimes it's unavoidable. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I once worked on a large uh, restatement for a public company because we had to go back uh, more than six years, and the company changed accounting systems within those six years, so we didn't have comparability, and the only way to do it was through uh Excel, um, and some of the uh, the formula became very uh, complicated. And one of the complaints the client staff had is they had trouble following it because they just didn't have the Excel skills. <laughs> uh, you know, fortunately, their orders, uh, one of the big four firms, um, you know, had a team that understand understood all the formulas and and could follow the worksheets, and uh, you know, we felt confident that the results were correct. There you go. Let me talk to you about M&A uh, because you guys do a lot. You help a lot with um, M&A, and you do that uh, in integration, uh, buy side due diligence, sell side due diligence, um, and yeah, okay. acquisitions and divestitures. Tell me about your M&A, and, uh, and I mean, there's a lot of that going on right now, is there not? Yeah, yes, there is. And certainly, as I said before, we help with the integration of an you know, acquired company. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we find that many, many companies do buy-side due diligence. I go in and will engage a firm to tell them, you know, what, what are the problems with the issues, you know, what should we know about this company. What we find, however, is that enough companies do sell-side due diligence. And that's an area we really like to get involved in. The advantage of sell-side due diligence is that um, you're surfacing the problems that the buyer's due diligence team is going to surface. And if you put them on the deal table early and say, here's the issue you're going to find, and here's what we're doing about it, uh, it takes it off the negotiating table. Because if you wait, the seller waits for the, the buyer to come forward that negotiation of purchase price is only going in one direction, and that's down. And you can really uh, short-circuit that by doing your own due diligence as a seller early. Know what the issues are and um, and have an explanation for the buyer. Right. It just makes it a non-issue. <laughs> it's better than them coming coming to you with, with the right. findings. Yeah, because if they come, you know, they're saying, this is what we found, this is an issue we weren't prepared for, and, uh, you know, we want to factor into our, our price. Yeah. But if it's told the front, okay, here's the issue, here's the way, how we got there, here's what we're doing about it or why we're there, and uh, that's been factored into our our offer. Uh, does it help you pos- when you're posturing the whole deal? Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. To know what they're going to find and be prepared to have an answer. Right, exactly. Or, or, you know, find it and correct it and say, look, we understand this. This is what we've done to correct it, and this is how things will work in the future. Just makes it, like I said, a non-issue. Right. Something else has been a um, kind of a 
something that I like to talk about when it comes to business, and you're perfect uh, when talking about this, because you work with a lot of family-owned businesses, and you do you deal with growth in companies, whether you know whether it comes from um, budgeting, uh, break-even analysis, expense reduction, reporting, all that kind of stuff. You know, getting a business um, solid, um, especially family-owned businesses who aren't used to maybe, you know, they're running by the seat of their pants, and um, you know, mom-and-pop businesses tend not to be good at growth because they are they're running it in the mom-and-pop shoot from the hip kind of deal. Um, and I've worked with companies in growth. And I've taken help take mop-out companies and, you know, when they grew into larger companies. And one of the things that I always tried to do was take a mop-out company who wanted to grow and, and have them start thinking like they're already big. That's the only way to accomplish it because you can't, if you, if you're a mop-out company and you end up getting big, that it's, I think is a lot tougher to start changing everything then. Does that make sense to you? Yes. Uh, the early you guys help with all that? Yeah. Yes. The earlier, like a lot of things in life, the earlier you start, the better off you are. Right. It, it's much. It's much easier, um, you know, to build a, a house on a firm foundation than to build it in shifting sand. And so you've got to start with that foundation. And the earlier you build it strong, the better the result is going to be. And uh, you know, you make an excellent point, particularly about the in, small businesses and. Uh, and how they operate, um, and, you know, and, and like anyone else, you know, there's inertia. You get into a comfort zone and you don't want to move from it. Uh, you know, true. Well, one of the biggest issues I used to see, I used to work with restaurants, and um, uh, somebody opens a restaurant. It happens with a lot of business, but I'm just, uh, you know, for example's sake, uh, they they come in and uh, all of a sudden they start the cash. It's a cash business. Cash starts coming in. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of a sudden, they've got an influx of cash, and the first thing they do is, uh, you know, go buy the Mercedes and uh, you know the new watch, and uh, you know, and and start buying gifts and trips, and all of a sudden, the oven gives out, That's right. and the refrigeration unit or the the city comes in and says, you need to re, you know, your stove isn't compliant. You're you're going to get a B in your window or a C instead of an A, and uh, all of a sudden, your cash poor. Um, because you haven't built up your budgeting or any of those kind of things, and I think a lot of new businesses go through that. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think it goes back to I think it was Ben Franklin who said you got to save for a rainy day. Right. And uh, that uh, applies to business just as it does to individuals. And do you, 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 you work with a lot of mop, a lot of mop pop places? I should ask you that because we've talked about it a little bit. I know you do medium sized businesses a lot. Uh, yes, we do. Um, oh, good. Because, uh, especially when that mom pa recognizes that, uh, you know, they're getting a little on in years, that the business is successful, what do they do about succession? Right, have right. Parent, if they do have a child that wants to take it over, or if not, you know, is there someone in management that can take it over? And mm-hmm. how do they prepare for a, uh, you know, successful exit? Right. So that's a real issue for my mom and pa. No, that's important. Uh, everybody, we're talking uh, to uh, Arthur Rothberg, Arthur F. Rothberg of the CFO Edge, located in Pasadena, uh, working with uh, small, medium, and great companies in the Southern California from San Diego to Santa Barbara area. Um, and uh, we're talking about just all the issues that uh, small and medium-sized businesses can face. 
where they might need some extra help with uh, whether you have a CFO or a CPA or um, a financial staff. Um, you may sometimes need some more resources, um, or sometimes you don't have those resources in-house and you want them on a full or part-time basis and you don't want to pay an arm and a leg for them. You just you want what you want when you want it. Um, so you can get the menued items or a la carte, right, uh, Arthur? That's correct. Yes. So um, at, let me find out again. You're at cfoedge.com, is that correct? That's correct. And people, do you have a phone number we can get all of you at? Sure. We have an 800 number. It's 800-276-1750. Uh, each partner has their own extension, and mine is 101. Oh, great. And so um, you can talk to Arthur directly and, or, you know, any of his staff. Um, you know, Arthur, I'm, I'm guessing this is, you know, whether you're – this is not just for people who – because I know you work with a lot of people that um, are in – have hit a critical mass with an issue. I mean, that seems to – that's probably your number one client. Um but, again, I would uh, stress that anybody who has a business uh, should get somebody, um, you know, like uh, CFO Edge, get, you know, contact them, find a reputable company like CFO Edge, contact them and, and find out what resources they have and what you might need so that when these things pop up, you have these things in your hip pocket, uh, uh, these tools that you can use. Or... Um, or sit down with Arthur and find out where you're, where you're lacking. If you're looking to grow, especially these coming years, um, lot, you know, things are turning around in the economy, and this is a good time to get yourself set up. So maybe you want to get a hold of somebody like uh, Arthur and CFO Edge to, uh, to set yourself up for the growth that you really want in the coming years. Um, Arthur, I'll give you the last word um, for companies who, who are out there looking, um, you know, if you can maybe uh, – Say a few words to let them, you know, know what they need to do and why they, why they should probably give you a ring. Sure, JW. You know, we find that uh, many companies just don't have a strong uh, accounting area. Uh, let's face it, uh, accounting um, is overhead. It doesn't, right. uh, you know, add to the bottom line directly, but certainly does add indirectly if the department is strong and you're getting, you know, good uh, information upon which to act. And it's not always, you know, financial information. It's not always a number preceded by a dollar sign because there are certain, you know, indicators of business uh, that are, are not financial in nature, but that a business has to pay attention to. And I'm a firm believer in um, in looking at, uh, you know, what economists call leading indicators because it sort of foretells where you're going to go if you don't take some action. And, you know, that ties in with businesses really have to think about their operating controls. Um, if someone doesn't know that they're being looked at that, that there's always somebody monitoring their activities you're just opening yourself up as a small business to uh, having a silent partner digging into your cash register you know the, the bartender who uh, pours every uh, fourth drink for nothing to uh, get a big tip or you know doesn't uh, ring up all the cash in a cash business um, but if they know they're being looked at and their controls in place that tends not to happen. I guess um, 
for me one of the you know the key takeaways is that uh, no business is um, too small to not need some help at some time or too large you know and the large businesses tend to have uh, strong CFOs especially your, your big public companies um, who are used to dealing with uh, outsourcing of services and feel comfortable bringing in expertise when they need it it's the smaller businesses that are not used to it feel uncomfortable and really um, all the ones that should be looking at it more aggressively than they are today. Does that help you, JW? Yeah, no, I think that helps everybody. It kind of puts it in a nutshell, um, you know, because I think there's a lot of uh, companies out there that uh, they don't know when to start. When should I? When should I even consider this? And I don't even know if I'm in trouble. I might be okay. <laughs> and uh, I think it I think it really helps to pull, you know, to have a sounding board uh, of somebody who you trust, uh, or, you know, and, and, can, and has gone through this multiple times so they know exactly what to look at. And it's not, you know, they're not, uh, you guys, I, I don't think you guys are guessing most of the time. You have 35 years' experience on your own, Arthur. You're right. Uh, so you, you've, you've been there, done that, seen that before, and can help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's like, you know, People going to the doctor. Uh, you know, if you if you go to the doctor when you're you're in pain after having uh, you know delayed that visit for quite a while, you know, um, sometimes it's a real problem. Yeah. As opposed to the person who has his annual physical and uh, finds issues uh, before they become a problem. So there's nothing wrong with an annual lookup. Right. For your business, just as you do for your body. Well, yeah. If you're, if you're going to take your business seriously, uh, I mean, let's, let's be serious. If you're going to take your business seriously, and you want to talk about growth and those things, you, you got to start doing it the right way. You, you, you know, shooting from the hip is great. Um, he, he, sometimes, it's. I think it's what gets the makes the entrepreneur special. But once the business is moving, I think that that's when you really have to think about it from a whole new place. And, uh, again, we're speaking to Arthur F. Rothberg. Arthur, it's been a pleasure. You know, you're a plethora of great information. We didn't even scratch the surface on the stuff that you do here. Everybody get to CFO Edge. Look at the website. Um, I mean, I could just reading everything that uh, these, these um, uh, CFO Edge and these wonderful um, resources can help you with. It's just amazing. Uh, it's something you probably need to really look into and it's always good to have Arthur in your pocket there, <laughs> right, Arthur? So, um, I think so. There you go. So, anyway, everybody, um, I just want to say, uh, have a, everybody have a great year. Um, get a hold of CFO Edge at CFOEdge.com. And the number again was what? 1-800-276-1750. And my extension is 101. Great. Everybody, again, this is J.W. Nigerian with On Purpose Magazine, speaking to Arthur F. Rothberg of CEO Edge, and I want to wish everybody a great day and an even better tomorrow. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to our Meta Media Group production of On Purpose Magazine. You can find On Purpose Magazine at onpurposemagazine.com. On Purpose Magazine and J.W. On Purpose is the property and is a trademark of Meta Media Group, and this audio is copyright 2012, and all rights are reserved.